<laughs> Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. That the power of Christ compels you. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. <laughs> Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. Tis I, one of your hosts, Matt Johnson, back on the It Records podcast. And join with me as always to talk horror movies is Lindsay and Pete. Glad we could uh, retain you guys again uh, to, to talk horror movies. Glad, glad you guys can make it. It's good to be back. Yeah. Glad to be here. And we're starting up a, I guess this would be kind of like a themed episodes coming out, right? These next couple ones Yeah, we're going to be doing. This will be the first of three. <laughs> the first because yeah. it's the trio of us. Our spotlights that we like to do. Our spotlights, that's right. Um, but before we kind of roll into what that spotlight might be and and what movie we did, guys, I really have to know. It's been a minute since we recorded last. I want to know what you've been watching, horror or otherwise. Welcome to the show. It's time to find out what the terrible trio have been watching. Or who has been watching them. Does anybody want to take the helm first? It'll be short and sweet. Um, Okay. Okay. Last when I left you guys, I was watching The Challenge. Nothing has changed. I am still watching The Challenge because as anybody that also watches it knows... Um, there's a lot to go through, which is a good thing. So yeah, currently I'm on uh, the Battle of the Bloodlines season, not the oh, best yeah. season, but it's part of the you know the arc, and you know you can't you can't uh, skip over it. I have never seen it fully before, anyway. So who's your team that you're that you want to win? I mean, I know what happens, but um, I think. Uh, <laughs> I'm okay with who does win. And I think Brianna and Jenna are the sleepers of the season. It's so funny to me, like their whole dynamic. But anyway, um, I love that Cara Maria takes out Johnny Bananas. That's like the best um, part of the season for me. So anyway, um, I'm watching the challenge and that's pretty much all I have time for these days. So um, the challenge. Yeah, and then okay. after I finish the challenge of what's available on Paramount Plus, I'll be watching All Stars. There's three seasons of that, and then I'm gonna have to um, potentially go back to Pretty Little Liars. But um, there's Challenge not. USA now. There's that new show. So can you can you tell me a little bit about that? Because I don't I know. Sure, I sure can. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's worth my time. I would say the first season I was not into. Um, it was all people not on the challenge, playing the challenge. So you had like Big Brother people, Survivor people, um, and it just like wasn't the same. Like I feel like it's fine to have those people, but it's nice to have like 
your regular players that you used to. I feel like because they're the ones that bring the drama and right. like <laughs> play. And we know them. Yeah, and we know them, and they play the same game always. Like, there's there's really no strategy to the challenge. There's always like you don't mess with the veterans. Like the veterans always like play sheepishly until like the end. Mm-hmm. Because if you make big moves, it's bad news. Can't make big moves early on in the season. No, that's taboo. Yeah. That's why I like Wes, because he always like wants to instigate shit. I, I'm like, why do I like Wes so much? Because I, he really is like not that likable as a character. I'm like, it's because he was on the Real World Austin, and I've watched him since I was in junior high. That's why. You know, we have watched him since we were in junior high. It's a long Isn't that time. crazy? It's a long time. I love, I love Lewis even when he's like horrible. He's a huge douchebag back in the day. Yeah. And I'm like, why does like bananas act the same way? And I hate him, but I like excuse everything that Wes does. I think Wes actually is a better person. I think, I think it's like, I, I feel like. I mean, I would hope so, that he actually is just, like, a better person in real life, where, like, I feel like Bananas isn't. Like, I feel like he's not really playing a character where Wes, I think, kind of is, like, kind of leaning leaning into it. I want to think that, too. Um, But, yeah. Like, I and I also think that if you, you have to be on one side or the other. You're either a Wes fan or you're a Bananas fan. I don't know too many Bananas fans. But uh, you are you. Rarely do I meet a person who's both or neutral. I feel like, like earlier, I feel like you would have had more bananas fans. But I feel like he's just like been around for like he's just been on for so long. Like he's been on so many seasons. Yeah, unfortunately, he has, and he's won so many damn times. He has. So yeah, I guess that wasn't so short, but that's really that's about that's okay. it for me. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what have you been watching, one of you? I'll go next. I don't mind. Um, going in the middle here. Got to pull up. my. I've written some notes, but I have my letterbox here for movies. Um, TV shows. I'm trying to make it through Breaking Bad. I've been trying to do the rewatch there. Watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows, which nice. is horror adjacent. Um, really enjoyed that show quite a bit. I guess this is kind of, I mean, this is more fantasy, but The Witcher. Um, I finally finished the newest season. It's Henry Cavell's last one. And then Liam Hemsworth is taking over. Boo. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But I hear this is not an It Records exclusive, but like, you know, he's not doing Superman or James Gunn doesn't want him. And he's out of The Witcher. I heard he just uh, did a, what, a, a audition for the next James Bond. Is that wow. true? I don't know if he, he hasn't been like awarded it, but he was he did an audition for the new James Bond. I'm sorry. Who is this? Henry Cavell, the guy who played like the most recent he Superman. Superman. He was in The Witcher. Uh, I feel like Carole. if you don't know him as Superman, you probably don't know who he is. That's yeah, that's like... his biggest one. Uh, he was in Mission Impossible 5 or 6, whichever one that was. He's in... <laughs> oh, The Man from U.N.C.L.E. With... Yeah, that's true. He is yeah. in um... that one. I'd say he's in 5. I'm pretty sure he's in five. I think, I think six is six out now. There's one out no, right seven. now. It's seven. Seven's out. Wow. Seven part one. Oh, part one? Part one. That's nuts. The first Mission Impossible was like 90 what? 
with uh who John Voight, right? Yeah, John Voight. Oh my gosh, that movie has spanned my whole life. <laughs> that movie that's Not your whole life. has been basically when did Mission Impossible One come out? I gotta know. I want to say late nineties. I think it's ninety seven. Is it that late? Let's see. I think it's late. Ninety six. Yeah. Okay. So it's almost. Yeah. Wow. It's De Palma. It's weird. It's a De Palma movie. Yeah, that's weird. There's such there's such a big span between these movies. Ninety six, <clears throat> two thousand, oh six, two thousand eleven, two thousand fifteen. Yeah. Like. Four, five, six-year breaks to, <laughs> between these movies, and like I miss them switching directors. I do like, I feel like Christopher McGuire is doing a good job, but I did like the tone shifts between how it was like De Palma, then it was John Woo, then it was J.J. Abrams, then it which was one, Brad which Bird. one did he do? Which Abrams one? did one? J. He J. did Abrams? the third one. Oh wow, I didn't know that. And that one's good. I think the third one's really good. Is that Philip Seymour Hoffman? It is. That's the one. But I digress. It could be Henry Cavill in in James Bond. In James Bond. Which will be on Amazon if it happens. That's where they're all oh, moving God, to. Oh, God, I didn't even think about that. They're all moving there, yeah, because they now own the rights to I hope they release it to theaters. I hope so, too. always done. I hope they do. I don't want to have to... I mean, I I like going to James Bond movies in theaters. I don't know. It's just I do, too. To they're, yeah. Like, I know that's a, another franchise movie, but that's like... I don't know. It's a little different, at least. Yeah, it's interesting when like they you switch up to a new generation. Like Jack exactly. Ryan's kind of like that with the Tom. The Jack Ryans have been like Harrison Ford, Chris Pine. Who else? Except they There's really a lot of like Alec Baldwin. Dropped drop the ball with those. Well, now it's on Amazon. It's like a show, right? With it's John Krasinski. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw the show, so maybe it's good, but I feel like it kind of had diminishing returns, like. As it went, I think even Ben Affleck is like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck, yeah, was one. The sum of all fears, I think, is a Jack Ryan. It is, it is, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is a Jack yeah. Ryan story. Sum of all fears. I forgot about that one. I thought that was Tom Clancy. I don't know why. That's 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 it, that's the same thing. It is. It's J- Jack Ryan's just the character they play. Oh, so Tom so Clancy writes. Can you edit yeah. this part yeah. out. I will edit this part out. No. <laughs> 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 made, you made a, a, an honest mistake. I think you're yeah. fine. <laughs> we said the name of the character instead of the actual writer of the yeah. like, no. of the novels. <laughs> you guys are stupid. That's Tom Clancy. <laughs> like, yeah, actually, you're right. You're actually correct. Yeah, but <laughs> what what movie was I talking about? I you started Mission Impossible, I believe. Oh, I haven't was seen that. that. I, oh, I was just talking as a Henry Cavell. That's, that's what why. it was. That's what it was. So, but to movies, Barbie and Oppenheimer. I've seen them a couple times since we last recorded. Went and saw those in theaters. House of the Devil. I watched that. We've done that on this podcast. We have. High Tension. That's a French horror film. Yeah, I've never seen it though. Yeah, you can skip it. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Hereditary, um, watched Hereditary, Pulse, um, that's a good one. Let's see. And then outside of horror, I watched Zoolander and Dodgeball, which was <laughs> Ben Stiller double feature. Yep. And then Schindler's List, I rewatched. Oh my gosh! And because I I just finished Ken Burns' documentary series, The U.S. and the Holocaust. If you haven't Damn. watched that yet, I didn't know he did that. 
Like, I obviously knew he had, like, a Civil War one, and I believe he had a baseball one. Yeah, and right? a Vietnam War one. Yeah, That's right, I forgot he had a Vietnam War one. But this one just came out at the start of this year. I think it was, like, February, maybe? January? So it's it's his newest one. Man, he's just still still cranking those out, huh? Churning them out, yeah. Doesn't he have a jazz one, too, that's, like, oh, very long? That that sounds about right. A very long jazz documentary by Ken Burns. That that yeah, I f- sounds on point. I, f- I feel like that's true. <laughs> if not, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll round it out. The last one I watched was finally The Northman. Robert Eggers. Oh, yeah. I need to watch that. That's really good. That's an awesome movie. Director of The Witch in the Lighthouse. So That's on Peacock, if anybody has Peacock. I do, somehow. Yeah. It's on there. Sounds like a well-rounded juxtaposition. <laughs> Just wait till movies. you hear mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's it's a repeat, so go it's for all it. Over you the place. I'm ready. Start your list. TV show wise, there's not much besides. Uh, so I've been like kind of wanting like a sci-fi fix for a TV show, mm. and I kind of like jumped back and forth and finally settled on Eureka, which is a very comfort show I would find, and then it like it's very pleasant. It's like a comedy sci-fi show. I would say it's like kind of like a average sheriff um, gets appointed there. And then everyone in the town is geniuses, and he's like kind of like the only like normal person. So he just deals with the hijinks of geniuses every episode. Like, of course, everything goes wrong because they're all doing like super sure. mad science experiments. Where is this streaming? It's on Amazon Prime. Okay. I find it very entertaining. It sounds delightful. It is delightful. What are you going to say, Matt? Well, I was just going to ask, is it like a current show and like an Amazon show, or is it something that they just like... Oh, it's long yeah. over with. It okay. aired on the Sci-Fi Channel originally in like the mid... Oh, the Sci-Fi late, Channel. Like late 2000s, and I think it ended in like 2011, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So like, okay. it definitely like was affected by the original... Not original writer's strike, but the writer's strike in our lifetime. Right, <laughs> yeah. And I always appreciate there, the Sci-Fi Channel. Hasn't this been at least the second writer's strike? Yeah, this is the second yeah. one in our lifetime, I believe. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I remember some uh, a Desperate Housewives got affected by the writer's strike in about 2007, 2008. That sounds about right. Right when it happened. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I remember that very specifically because I remember being like, man, there's like nothing good on TV anymore. And I was like, I prime me watching TV because it was like the summer mm-hmm. of like being home from, I mean, I wasn't even, I was in high school, so of yeah. course I was home, but also yeah. was I like, going to do like, I didn't really do yeah. much. <laughs> that was like prime NBC Thursday nights for me with like, Oh like yeah. Community 30 rock, the office and parks and rec was yeah. the lineup. Man, what a golden era. Yeah. That was a good era for NBC. It was. Yeah. Also, sorry, go ahead. You say when was that? No, I was going to say, is that before the WB became the CW? That is very important. That's a good. I believe the CW was, uh, was around around that that. time. Yeah. I think think maybe, maybe, I think maybe actually 2010 is when it happened. Because I remember it being called, I thought it was called a WB when I was watching Smallville. 
Yeah. And I was watching Smallville at that time. Mm. Well, yes, I was very affected by the change because I was a big Seventh Heaven fan at the time. Which oh, Seventh Heaven. Yeah. I haven't seen that show since I was a small child. It's been a Same. long time. There's a it. there's a funny TikTok, like they talk they like watch, they're like watching every episode of Seventh Heaven, and then they talk about it, and they're just like, "Why did I watch the show religiously as a child? Like the show's <laughs> like actually messed up." <laughs> <laughs> like I think he was like talking about like how one of the characters like stole a glass. Yeah. From a restaurant, and then like the restaurant owner, one of the press charges. Yep. <laughs> it's just like this would never happen. This is insane. <laughs> that was like in season four. <laughs> Gotta raise the stakes. <laughs> I think it's like episode four or season four, episode six. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a really interesting. I guess, especially like looking back to now, I think that all those the stuff that came out in the two thousands is so great. Um, you know, at the time I didn't think it was because I missed the nineties. <laughs> so I was kind of talking about this with my old coworker and how I feel like the mid to late two thousands was truly the start of like the new golden era of TV. Oh like, yeah. There was just like so much like great TV being written at that time. And it was drawing big numbers to like, cause like loss was coming out at that time and that was huge and like all these shows were like written differently like because i feel like for the longest time like shows didn't really have like arcs like not really like like the whole series yes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i mean i could be wrong with assuming that but i just feel like you know with your obviously you had your comedy shows that were always like well written but they didn't have like stories because like it, it was just you, seasonal. Like, yeah, why would you? Why would you do that? But even like with like dramas, like they didn't have like a cohesive narrative throughout the season. Like Law and Order, like wasn't like cohesive throughout the season. Yeah, it's too episodic. Those I know there's yeah. episodes, but it's just like it's like almost like Monster of the Week in like Buffy or something. Yeah, they're just like it's not a whole arc. Um, or X Files is like that too, I guess. Um, yeah. I feel like X-Files was kind of an outlier because you had, like, the larger lore of X-Files that, like, kind of did build, like, a a narrative. Yeah. But to your point... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lindsay. No, no, no. (laughs) All right. Um, Yeah, just The Sopranos was another example. I think that one has a thread, but that was, like, the mid-2000s. Started in late 90s. Late 99. It was 99, I think it started. That show's really good. I, I have watch, I could rewatch not watched show. it. Ever? I've never watched it, yeah. Do it, because I'm doing Breaking Bad right now. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I, I want to watch it. That's the first time through for me. Yeah, you should, you should try it out for the first time. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I've, I also want to watch Mad Men, which is like another like popular show that I haven't watched. You have what? Sopranos and Mad Men are like one of my two favorite dramas I know, ever I've made. Heard, <laughs> I've heard incredible things. That's how Get I feel on. about you and the challenge, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. You're breaking her heart. <laughs> you Sorry, have... Peter, we've deterred from your No, it's okay. Oh, yeah. It Watch happens. Yeah, yeah, that we just talked about the one TV show I was watching. When yes. I have so many movies that I've gone through. All right. Roll through this okay. list. <laughs> hit, hit us with it. Can I can I give you a little background first, if you don't mind? 
Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Provide some yeah. little context. Mm -hmm. Um. So like a couple months ago, I kind of was like trying to like narrow my scope of like movie watching, and I wanted to like hit different directors with their like highlighted like hi movies I thought were their highlights. So yeah. I mean like a director's watch list. So it's like a list of like a hundred directors. And the criteria is that they have they have at least three movies that I think sound interesting for them to make to the list. And so I've been trying to like just like chip away at it. Like if I don't know what I want to watch, like I refer to that list and be like, oh, I, and I should watch one of these like, you know, prestigious movies, quote unquote. Right. And it's like it's like usually directors that are like, you know, more highly regarded. Because those are the ones that are easily, like, you know who Steven Spielberg is because he's a very high-profile director. Yeah. Makes sense. So with that being said, uh, yes. it has shaped a lot of my movie watching lately. And then I started off this, like, next round with Light Sleeper. And then it goes The Little Mermaid, the Super Mario Brothers movie, oh. Dune, the new Dune. Uh, Super Coffee, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Used Cars, Overboard, Mad Max 2, I Want to Hold Your Hand, To Die For, Night Moves, Johnny Mnemonic, The, Va the Vanishing, uh, The Emperor's New Groove, and all these animated movies, by the way, are all movies I'm watching with, with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Nice Guys. Ice Age, um, Baby's Day Out, Oppenheimer, which was great. I saw that in theaters. Um, the Pit and the Pendulum, Guardians Ooh. of the Galaxy 3, Witness for the Prosecution, My Favorite Martian, uh, Throw Mama from the Train, Armageddon, and The Train. All right. When you said this Super Mario Brothers movie, are you talking about the most the recent animated one? one? Okay. The new one. Yeah. Not the one with I, John Leguizamos and Bob Hoskins. I want to watch that very badly because it's I know it's nuts. a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> nuts, yeah. And you have, what's his name? Dennis Hopper. Is yeah, it's Bowser. Yeah. <laughs> or King Koopa, I think they He's call King him. Koopa, yeah. But okay. Nice Guys, great movie. I think it's, it's, it's like so under the radar. Like even when it came out, I remember really liking that one a lot. I saw it in theaters and I was just like, this is a great movie. This should be making millions of dollars. Yeah. It was super good. When you say the Little Mermaid, do you mean the live action modern day one? No, it was or... the it was the 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 I guess the original one. Okay. The, the animated the animated one. Yeah, we had like quite a Disney run watching it with my daughter and fun. A couple live actions down there, but mostly animated. But like normally I would watch kids' movies too. But it was like yeah. just an excuse it was just kind of an excuse to watch them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's some good movies. Now it makes me want to watch The Nice Guys. I've seen it too many times. Like it's come very up. good. I need to rewatch. I think the last time I watched it was 2016 when it came out, or 2015 when it came out. It's on Netflix. Last time I watched it, yes, and yes, yes. they they wanted to make a sequel, but it obviously didn't pan out because they yeah. didn't make any money. And yeah. I feel like I actually would be okay with that because, you know, if you have overall written movie, I'm fine with like. It warning a sequel. Hmm. Yeah. It played really well. I mean, it's Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe. 
Yeah. I thought Ryan Gosling plays that role really well. That like he's so good in it. Like a bumble like the bumbling cop almost. Like a Barney yeah, Fife type. He plays type every character. role so well. My <laughs> husband doesn't like Ryan Gosling because he's convinced that he plays the same role in every movie, and that's just not true. That's just not true at all. Yeah. It's no, not true. That's not- he looks the same. He looks great. But <laughs> I mean, I feel like he just hasn't that. seen enough Ryan Gosling. I actually can't like I feel like he actually plays very different roles very frequently. I am totally with you. Drive is very different. Blade Lars and the Real Blade. Girl. Yeah, Blade Runner. Yeah. Health yeah. Nelson. Like, La La Land. La La Land. Yeah, these are yeah. a lot of different. Like, I think it's his voice. I think his voice, he's admitted to being phony. Really? Like, so it's like, apparently, because he's Canadian. Mm-hmm. So, like, growing up, he really like admired like people who were in New York like in their movies like portraying New York so he was kind of like imitating that accent. Interesting. He did that for so long it just became his normal voice. Oh that's funny. Yeah. That is a really that's not what you so, hear like, very I often think people want I think to be, like... that might have something to do with because like maybe you think people think he sounds funny or he's being phony and I think that might have something to do with it. I don't see it personally. Ryan Grasling was like my one of my crushes. Like, I mean, he's a very good looking man. Yeah, yeah. He was just like he was everyone's crush. Let's be honest. Like, I didn't care for him back in the Notebook, obviously, because like I was like, oh, that's movies for girls. It's stupid. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I never even seen it, so I I don't even know how I feel about it. But like, that's how I thought about it back then. And then he made the transition, yeah, to like a movie star, like. Several years later, and I was like, "This guy's amazing." <laughs> really, when he, yeah, the Notebook was really like his career just getting started. Yeah, I can't think back. of too much before that. There was remember the Titans. He had a small role in that's right. the Titans. Murder. By I did numbers. like him in that. I know he did a TV show called Young Hercules. Yeah, Young Hercules. He's in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Let's... <gasps> He's also yes. an episode of Goosebumps. Did you guys really? know he was on the Mickey yeah. Mouse Club too? Yeah, he is in the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, not that I've ever personally seen it, but we just had a lot of people rise to fame, you know, from that show. Yeah, I always find it interesting. People were like, I don't know, within La La Land or whatever, with like him having to sing or whatever, or like when he sings in Barbie, and people are like, oh, he he can sing. It's like, well, he was a part of, he has a band called Dead Man's Bone. Um, It had an album out. It's still going on, isn't it? No, they just made a, they made a one album. Oh, is it? Okay. I thought it was They wanted to make like a, a, it was like a horror musical for kids sort of a thing. Um, and they just realized he's too busy. (laughs) He can't run that. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So basically him and his friend who made the music just made an album of all the songs and like toured around places. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he can sing. Like he could always sing. That I know. He can do anything. Mm -hmm. But I know we're on a Gosling train. But he was, we said he's like his career took off, but he wasn't in like, was he in a blockbuster? Like he was never a superhero. No. He was just in movies that were good or people. So I think like he obviously got started in like, you know, romantic comedies, right? Like with The Notebook. And then I feel like he was in a few of them. Like I feel like Crazy Stupid Love oh, sure. was like the one kind that kind of like hit very well. Like with more, like it became more of a. Like I remember seeing that movie in theaters, and I feel like 
at that time I normally wouldn't have done that if it was that didn't cross like it was more broadly appealing I think that movie was that around 2008 2011 oh okay yeah I yeah he really started to hit his stride after the notebook I think I think that's the role that really I think um, he like showed off his his acting chops in Hef Nelson which I think that's the next movie after a notebook is it really Half Nelson, Fracture, Lars and the Real Girl, Blue Valentine, All Good Things, Drive. Oh, wow. And then Crazy Stupid Love. Drive is before Crazy Stupid Love? I did not know that. Same year. This released earlier. Place Beyond the Pines also. Yeah, I remember seeing that in theaters. That's a great one. Yeah, he's so well-rounded, seriously. He is. I don't know. I hope he's not a bad person. I would be crushed. I would you know, be surprised. You know, when you're just like, I feel like, every, you know, every so often you're just like, oh yeah, this person's bad. I'm like, no, but he's in he's in so many good movies. It makes right? me upset. Yeah. <laughs> Please be a good person. That's why we just can't ever meet our heroes. No, you just, yeah. you can't, I can't like anybody anymore. So Ryan Gasling, <laughs> if you're out there listening to this, Don't let us know. Guy. Are you a good person? <laughs> Yeah, please say you are change who you are. I hope he's a. Uh, I hope he is a good guy, just like our villain in this movie. Transition into what we, what the movie we watched this week. We talked about all these other movies, but so we watched so many movies. We watched the 1988 film Child's Play. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Can we open my presents now, Mommy? A good guy! I knew it! Hi, <laughs> I'm Chucky. He's something, isn't he? This is Andy's. Time for bed, Andy. Good night, baby. Good night, Aunt Maggie. Good night, Chucky. Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead, Miss Barclay. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Nobody believes you about Chucky. He came alive in my hand. I, I, I... Oh, for God's sake. Why won't you believe me? Because I'm sane. This is Barkley. Sane and rational. No one believes the truth. <laughs> or lives to tell it. There's nothing nice about murder. <laughs> There's nothing innocent about child's play. This week is sort of like a kickoff, a little mini season of like franchises, movies from a franchise, essentially, um, horror franchises. 
This one's written by Tom Holland as well, but it also includes uh, Dan Mancini and then the other person. There's three writers on this one. It was, where is this third guy's name? John John Lafia helped write it. Does Tom Holland, writer, director, jump out to you guys at all? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We've done one of his movies prior on this podcast. Could we ever do him again? I don't think we have. Did he Did he have something to do with Psycho 2? Did he direct it? No, he didn't direct it. I think he wrote it. Wrote it. Okay. I think we've only done Fright Night. Yeah. From from him. Yeah, what I was gonna say is like is like, would we ever cover him again? Like I don't think we will. I don't think so. I think like this is these are the two in the horror genre that I'm really familiar with is Child's Play and Fright Night. Unless we do the Fright Night remake. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's always an option. Or not. <laughs> it's or actually no. a good re- it's a good remake in my opinion. Okay. I thought it was pretty good too. Yeah. What, two thousand fifteen, right? I feel like it's early. It's I think it's 2011. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember like being, I think being like on the cusp of college when it came out with Anton Yelchin okay. and, and David Farrell. Tennant. David Tennant too, yeah. And McLovin. Yeah, I forget his name. Oh. Uh, McLovin. That's <laughs> Plays McLovin. evil Ed character. That's his, that's his name. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> his name. Well, Dan Mancini helped write this. And I know where this is the first Child's Play movie, but I think he's like, he's the one person that kind of will continue through the rest of the series. Like the oh, one who kind yeah. of sticks around the longest, like Tom Holland's not going to. Um, but I think he like produces a lot. I think then he, he'll direct a later one down the road, like yeah. bride or seed of Chucky that comes up, that comes out of this. But this is child's play yeah, for people who don't know. This is the Chucky series. Um, it'll later be called Chucky something, but the first three are child's play. And, and there's a TV show too. TV show. Yeah, that's right. Chucky. I think that's on sci-fi, right? Isn't that where it airs? I have no idea. I think it's a sci-fi show. So two sci-fi drops um, <laughs> in the, in this episode. Don't be sleeping on that channel. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know the movie, it follows a single mother who gives her son Andy a much sought after doll, a good guy's doll for his birthday, only to discover that it's possessed by the soul of a serial killer. <laughs> you know, that old cliche. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it coming a mile away. Yeah. <laughs> Only because I saw it before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was kind of curious about that. You know, this is I made the selection um, for this one for this franchise. One because I just rewatched it all in October, so it's fresh of mind, and I really enjoyed going through it. But I was curious: had you guys seen this at all prior? Any of these, the first one or any of the Chucky's? I've seen this one, the second one, and Cult of Chucky. Or that's a later one. Yeah, there's Cult. I- Curse of Chucky. It's so Brad Dourif is the voice of Chucky. His daughter comes in one in one of them that I'm aware of, and that's the one I've seen, which I think is the seventh one. She comes in in the Curse of Chucky. Then that's the one I've seen. And then she's also in the Cult, which is the follow up. Okay, I haven't seen Cult. I've seen Curse. Okay, yeah, cool. I'm sure it comes as no surprise to either of you that I actually haven't seen this before. It's always been one of those, like, I know it, and I'm going to watch it one day. But, um, yeah, this was new for me. So, cool. I'm assuming Disney. that you've seen it. I have, yeah. And I just rewatched them all and the show in October. Okay. <laughs> you watched all of them? 
Yeah. It's a new thing I've I've been doing like the since the pandemic is like I watch a new horror franchise in October. And last year I did the Child's Play series. Okay. Pete, were you gonna That's say fun. something? Sorry. I was just curious, like uh I'm not putting you on blast or anything like that. It's gonna sound like I am, but I was gonna say like how often, like let's say like how often do you find yourself like watching a horror movie? I was just curious. Like outside of this podcast? Yes. Yeah. Uh, not that often. And the reason I think is because I, I've really come around to the horror genre, um, being a part of this podcast squad. But the reason why I think is because, um, I prefer, I guess when you get like right down to, it, I prefer horror fiction stories like on podcasts. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what I seek out more when it comes to horror. Cause I do like the horror genre quite a bit. I feel like a lot of people that are like afraid to go into horror movies are really into horror podcasts. And I feel like actually the horror podcasts are more fucked up, at least in my experience, because I have like a couple friends that are like afraid and but she like listens to like, like fucked up serial killer shit all the time. I'm just like that stuff is way worse. So you would be fine. Watching a movie about something that doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, I completely agree. Yeah, no, um, that's interesting though. Um, that's my perspective. I could be wrong, but that's just my perspective. Yeah. No, I, I, I've come a long way since Matt and I had a horror class together, um, and I hated it. I was like, "What did I sign up for?" It sounds, it sounds so good. I and wish I did it. Matt was probably in heaven. I was just like, "Yeah," it was very. Not pleased when I found out. And now I would love to be in a class like that. I still have that book read it cover to cover. I probably do too, somewhere still. Of course. Somewhere, yeah, I bought it and now I have it. (laughs) That was nine years ago, by the way. Oh. (laughs) I don't even know what happened to my textbooks. I think I I sold them. I don't know. I honestly don't remember what I did. I held on to a lot of mine. In retrospect, I should have just sold them, but. Anyway, I think like your favorite class, I think is fine to hang on to. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of good film classes. Yeah. I've got a lot of those still. They yeah. really aided in our careers as uh, podcasters <laughs> now. So they have, they really lent, lent themselves well. It's interesting because at the time, you know, podcasts 2014, like those weren't fully really on the rise just yet. Not really, no. They they definitely were like still like it's not like how it is now, obviously. Right. Like it's just like everyone and their mother everyone and their mother has a podcast. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, I just like listen what you want to listen to, but it it does seem like people that just have a podcast for no reason at all is kind of annoying. Like at least like I know we banter about nothing, but our main focus at least is like our horror movie, which I think is at least more interesting than like yeah. rather than having nothing at all to talk about. And those people also like last like four or five episodes and then nothing. Yeah, that that too goes quiet. So Chucky. Well, yes, I was curious. I'm curious. I mean, we all know this is like a franchise, so we know Chucky's going to exist. But I was kind of curious from Lindsay's perspective, coming in the first time. Did you feel at all watching it the way they portrayed it? that maybe it wasn't the doll and Andy had something to do with it. 
in some respect, the kid. Um, or do you always think this is a doll? This is a possessed doll doing all this? Um, I actually um, I felt bad for Andy because kids already like deal with not being believed when they're telling the truth yeah. you know, to their parents. Yeah. And so this was like obviously so much worse. Um, you know, of a situation, but no, I had a lot of sympathy for Andy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, and I was like, well, first off, like, why would you want such a horribly unappealing looking doll? Um, (laughs) you know, like, I'm not sure why the demand for this doll was so high in the movie, but I guess it helps like from the horror aspect, you know, from like, Hey, we all got Furbies and those are fucking terrible. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. true. That was kind of like the, you know, creepy toy of our time. So I guess, you know, uh, the good guys, yeah, that's what they're called, were that for this era. They release, at least like in the beginning of, before you see Chucky become Chucky, he does seem toy-like and um less creepy looking still creepy looking but less creepy looking yeah yeah it just looks like a doll's fa- like a blank doll's face um sitting there but i think that's interesting it's 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 good guys um for sure but like they're not all called chucky right oh yeah the one was like neighbors. hi i'm oscar want to okay. play or want to be my friend so this doll was chucky but it's then possessed by oh cuz his name is Charles Ray, right? Yes, he tells him his name. So that's why right. he wants it to be Chucky, who possesses him. Gotcha. Yeah. I I did read, uh, I don't know if this is in, in trivia or not, but like the idea that the way they shot it, where it like shows the feet running around and you don't see that it's the doll at first, was like the original script by Mancini was that it wasn't going to be this serial killer that used voodoo to be transported because he was dying at the beginning into a doll. But it was like the extension, like Andy was going to be kind of bullied at school. You're going to kind of see that. And like the extension of his id of someone was, was transferred to the doll and was like sticking up for him and like beat and like Mm. it would beat up the kids or like kill people who got in the way. But so when they showed those little feet just running around, you'd be more confused of like what it was rather than, we know that there's this serial killer that used voodoo in the first scene. It's probably going to come back. I think, like, obviously, like, having the serial killer possessed in doll works because it has a very long franchise, but I think it would have been interesting to at least include that in the first movie to kind of keep us guessing. Because it did yeah. try to do it, and I think the reason why it doesn't work is because we are so well aware of what Chucky is. I think... Chucky was so prevalent to our generation, and I think the generation before that, like, you know, maybe Gen Z or the or Gen Alpha wouldn't be as familiar, but like, I feel like he's just so iconic to our two generations. It's like, it's like, okay, I know exactly what this is. It's like, yes, before it even happens, because it's everyone knows who Chucky is. That's true. I think to answer your question, Matt, I would have liked to have been around. When this actually came out in 1988 in theaters, and you know, I might have a different answer to that question, but yeah, like he's been so well established, you know, as a horror icon. Like I know? knew who Chucky was when I was like fucking ten years old, right? Like I never before saw the seen movie it. In, yeah, until like well later. <laughs> 
Yeah, Chucky, what is it? I mean, this falls into like a slasher, I guess, but it's interesting that it's like a doll is yeah. also yeah. the killer. Because like, I, I don't know, it's just an interesting take that it's it's not like the, the extent of like Annabelle where it seems like it's a possessed doll and it's more like jump scare. This is action slasher stab, but it's a tiny doll doing it. Yeah, there's not too many of those. There's a small percentage of doll slasher movies that I've seen. It's very short list. It's like Puppet Master. Doll, dolls. I haven't even seen Puppet Master. I've seen dolls, and I think there's, like, Dolly Dearest, I think, is one of them. Yeah. And then I think that's it for what I can think of the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised that this was, like, billed as a slasher film, but then I I was reminded, like, there's a body count of six. So I'm like, yeah, I guess that would be what I'd call a slasher film. I just, I don't know why I didn't think of it like that, but I didn't. Yeah, I think he falls into like when people would think of Jason or Freddy. Like, I feel right. like Chucky kind of comes up in those those conversations, but he's a doll. Yeah, but I, it, it it's also I don't know if you guys have seen the other ones, but I feel like in in the later movies, especially two right after this one, I feel like Chucky comes becomes way more like Freddy in the what like he's vocal and he's like cracking jokes. Yeah, and he's like a wise cracking guy. Where this one. He doesn't talk until like the mom's going to throw him in the fire is the first time Chucky talks. Um, and we, and we see that where he seems a little more toned down in his talking, um, than other movies. But did that throw you guys off when he started, when he started seeing this puppet walk around and, and talking, walking and talking, was that scary at all? I think if I was I a kid it's... watching it, it would have been. That's a good point. I think yeah. it is creepy. You know, I think, like, you know, obviously, like, there's people that don't like dolls, so that, obviously, those people are going to find it pretty scary. Yeah, I think they do a good job for, like, the first part of it, even most of it, where it's, like, it's just a shot of the hands, so it's not, like, showing the person or showing the doll. And even when they do, sometimes, I, I feel like it was a a kid or something in some scenes, like, actually running away, so it didn't... It I, think, didn't... I believe it was a little person. Okay. So it was a it was a person, and yeah, they 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 scampered away, so it didn't look like a doll or something. I, I for being eighty eight, I thought it looked fine for having this doll talk and the way it looked and its facial expressions, um, talking. Yeah, I give it props. Yeah, it's definitely like a very well done. Like I think it's shot very interesting for a horror movie. Yeah. It. it that's a good point you said, Lindsay. I think if I was a kid, scared of dolls, one thing, Pete, but like as a kid watching it, like if you saw it, especially yeah. with Andy being a kid being the protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, is I know the mom plays someone of a protagonist, but like it's Andy's journey and like not being believed in like this doll is telling you things like, like it's going to kill you if you tell anybody about yeah. me. That's a I terrifying mean, idea for a kid. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. It's because of Toy Story that it, at least, you know, I think all of us, but me definitely, I thought my toys, like, came alive as soon as I oh, left yeah. the room. So, or, like, Small Soldiers is another one yeah. for me. Yeah. And so, like, if I saw this as a kid, thankfully I did not, because I do think it would have really scared me. Um, yeah. That's true. like So I wasn't scared, you know, watching it or anything, like, at all, but I think... Had I watched it a lot earlier, I would be saying something totally different. It's creepy, definitely, but scary. Eh, not at this point for me. 
And even that scene for Andy was like, it was somewhat heartbreaking for me when he, they put him in like the, he was in, I guess some sort of like institution. Yeah. They thought he was yeah. like, he was lying about the doll. And that's, that's big enough as it is, but it's like, then he sees Chucky walking towards him, like outside the window. And is like nobody's believing that this doll is walking, and he yeah. like starts to cry against the door. Yeah. That was tough. That I mean, that's not scary. That's just like an emotionally wrenching really scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. for that kid. Yeah, in that moment. But that guy who didn't believe Andy got his comeuppance because Chucky yep. came in and and killed that guy. <laughs> Chucky took care of him. Yeah, can always rely on a horror movie to kill those really bad people. Yeah, yeah. The ones that don't believe you. Yeah. And I, I guess one thing I liked about these Chucky movies, like going through them, like they're, they are fast. They're like an hour and a half, hour and yeah. 20 minutes. So they go quick. But they're entertaining. They're very yeah. entertaining movies. They are. And Chucky is like, he hit, he's like indiscriminate on what he does or his fuse is so short. Like, <laughs> Like he he seems some somewhat vengeful because he he went and killed the person who drove away at the beginning of the movie who left him for dead, but then also like he pushed out the babysitter out the window because it seemingly she picked him up too rough, like, <laughs> like such a short fuse of 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 what's going to set Chucky off that it's it's an enjoy, enjoyable ride just to see him freak out. Yeah, uh, isn't it? Uh... What's his name in Lord of the Rings? Isn't he plays like freaking Grey Worm? I think his name is Brad. Oh, Brad Dourif, who does the voice of Chucky. Yeah, yeah, plays like that slime. I fucking hate it. I hate him so much. <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, well, Brad Dourif is also he was in Urban Legends. We've done right. What? Now I'm interested. Yeah, he makes a cameo. <sighs> does he it's yeah it's at the very beginning he's uh is he the, the killer in the backseat no he's the one warning her that there's a killer in the backseat because the killer's right, in the backseat right. he's like there's oh, someone I in the backseat i remember now yeah making a sh- small cameo in that movie <laughs> yeah wow what a groundbreaking role yeah it must have been for him yeah really pivotal for his buster, like urban legend <laughs> <laughs> well at that point i think well, that's interesting I got to look that up because at that point, at least Child's Play one through three are out. And I'm wondering when Bride of Chucky came out, if it was after that movie. Because if you see Bride of Chucky, it really takes a turn to like horror comedy at that point. I think it's after. I okay. Think it's after. So that's after that one. And, and he always does the voice of Chucky. Because one, two, and three were pretty quick. And I think there was quite a gap between like Seed and like, what was the other one? Bride's Bride Seed, yeah. then it's Curse and Cult. Yeah, Bride and Seed like came out around the same time, and then Curse and Cult came out at the same time. So it's weird that you almost have like three decades of like Chucky movies where like they all like kind of come, yeah, like in packs. <laughs> and I kind of like the the Curse and the Cult ones, which are with his daughter, because like the Seed of Chucky, the Bride of Chucky become like really kind of like horror comedies. He's really off, off the, the wall. wall. Yeah, off the wall. Yeah. They they kind of try to come back to like child's play vibe, like really straight horror, um, with those last two. Um, but to that point, the only reason that Chucky, who's Charles Ray, is able to like live because he was dying at the start of this movie, 
was to use voodoo of some sort to be transported his soul into this doll. Um, and there's more to that of like, what is it? He will be, the longer he stays in the doll, the more he becomes human so he can die. But if he wants to stay human and not be the doll, he has to change bodies with the person who saw, he revealed himself to first, which was Andy, the kid. How did you guys feel about that's kind of the lore of Chucky that it's not like a, I guess it is a possessed doll, but it was this serial killer who used voodoo to transport himself into a doll. So I obviously knew who, of Chucky. I knew kind of the deal. I didn't know how yeah. he got that way, though. So that was completely new. And I was like, oh, this is getting kind of kind of weird. Um, you know, They dropped but, that, though, I feel like, pretty quick. Like, I feel like... Did they? That, that's not really, like, comes into question anymore in the sequels, at least that I'm aware of. Okay. Oh, it comes back. It oh, does. does. Like, especially, oh. I'm thinking, like, Seed of Chucky, I think. They're, like, okay, trying to... So- See, I haven't seen Cedar Bride, so that's why I said that. <laughs> it comes like really meta because Jennifer Tilly does Bride of Chucky's voice, but then she, her, the actress Jennifer Tilly is like in Seed of Chucky, like on camera, and Bride of Chucky is trying to transfer her soul into her. It becomes really meta at that point. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pete, did you mind? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lindsay. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, Pete, did you enjoy the voodoo elements of Chucky or? I guess I don't know how else you might enlist a possessed doll to be a slasher serial killer. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's like I didn't really bat an eye because I feel like that was Fair. not prominent, but it it did it does come up in horror movies quite frequently, especially like I feel like especially like what is it? I want to say like the fifties. Like there's like some voodoo stuff in the fifties, especially with like old zombie movies. Yeah, that's all that like before Romero, it's all voodoo stuff. And then I want to say there was like another voodoo wave craze in the 80s, because I remember like, um, what's that worst Craven one that's it has to do with voodoo, like separate in the rainbow or something? Yeah, like that. yeah. With Bill Pullman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a couple of those movies that came out around the same time. Yeah, I'd even say that's a good point. I think it's 92, maybe. Is Candyman, which I kind of get vibes from. That's yeah. This okay. takes place in Chicago. Um, this movie, and so does Candyman. Like this idea of like this gothic horror supernatural element within lurking within these apartments, um, within the city. So I guess that's true. There is some sort of that voodoo supernatural element to to this time frame. It just seemed interesting that it was like into a doll. It seemed a little more of a stretch than like Candyman. Candyman, love Candyman. If we ever want to do that one. <laughs> the remake is also, or maybe pseudo sequel. I don't know how you would. Yeah, it's like a spiritual it. sequel. Yeah, it's very good. That's a good one too. Um, okay, and that, I was kind of curious. I know we're coming up here uh, on on time, but like, do you have a scariest moment with this? I know Lindsay, you said if you were younger, like this might be scarier. But going into it now, is there any sort of scene or shot that was like particularly terrifying with Giles' play? Um, I think the first time he like kind of like comes to life to the mom is quite startling, and I feel like that would have been a good jump scare in the mm-hmm. in the theater. Yeah, yeah. When he like yells at her before, yeah, he, yeah, he, like really, really yells at her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And that's the very first time that we actually hear him, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, his real voice. Yeah, because I think before it's like the manufactured toy voice. I think, yeah, the way that he, uh, what was his accomplice's name? Eddie? I don't remember. Just like went in there. Sounds right. And set his house on fire. Like, I don't know. That was, that was quite, uh, unsettling. And then who was the guy toward the end that he killed? The there was the vo- the guy who taught him about voodoo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, he like snapped his leg with the voodoo doll. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, didn't actually stab him. That Those was, two are standouts for me. That's a good one. That scene with the person he learned voodoo from. This isn't really. I don't. Know, I think this is a, a well built atmosphere. Is like before he reveals himself. There's like clearly Andy is saying that this doll's talking to me. So you're kind of on edge. Like, is it the, is it the kid? Is it the doll? And there's a shot after the babysitter's killed and she's tucked into bed and the mom leaves and he says something to Chucky. She's like, you know, can't be doing that or whatever. And he doesn't talk, but the head like slowly turns towards Andy and like knowing the series, I'm like, Oh, that is a serial killer in that doll. But just like the head tilting on its own and looking at Andy, like, what did you say to me? Yeah. (laughs) I thought a good, a good scene. We kind of we can move on to where it stands now, unless there's anything else that particularly stood out to you guys about child's play. I do love that shot. I'm actually watching it right now to the left of me of when the babysitter does die when Chucky kills her when she goes out the window. Like that slow mo shot of like that looked like a like a stunt somebody did. Like somebody's falling out of the window and they cut to it hits the car. That looked real. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I had a problem with uh okay. <laughs> the moms like Catherine Hicks, Seventh Heaven Mom. Um That's what she's from? Wow, call oh back. Yes. I was like, what yes. is she from? <laughs> Many years later, but yes. Um I found it hard to believe that she wouldn't be a little bit more upset about her friend's death. I'm like, aren't we grieving here? Like <laughs> you know, I was just stunned by the lack of grief yeah it was a little muted it was almost like where's my son or not even i yeah she was more worried about andy but it seemed muted about her friend she was <laughs> and she, yeah. we moved past it very quickly yeah, she got you know over it <laughs> yeah we moved past maggie i think her name was I just yeah. forgot about her <laughs> good point um yeah yeah so that was just an observation but you know that's a good point. That's a great point because she comes into the apartment and she like looks for Andy. She and she's like, "Oh, what's the ruckus? Why are all the cops here?" And never once asks for Maggie, <laughs> the babysitter. Right? Like, where's the adult I put in charge? <laughs> great. That's what I'm saying. Great point. <laughs> but great scene overall. I just you know the aftermath. I was a little disturbed by. Yeah, that's fair. And then in the aftermath. I got to mention detective Chris Sarandon shows yep. up, which is, he was also in fright night. So him and Tom yep. Holland have that connection. Yeah. Also yeah. a movie where main characters are not being believed for. Yeah. What they see, so that's a good that's point. True. Yeah. 
so, not yeah. being believed. And like a, he's a teenager, and Andy's a kid, so he went younger. This one, but it's like yeah, like youth, like if you're in a younger age, you're not being believed. Um, yeah. By the adult presence, and even the detective doesn't even really believe <laughs> Catherine Hicks for no for a large portion of this movie. Even yeah. after, even after she's like, my son said Charles Ray or whatever is in the doll. And it's like, you were chasing him in the first scene of the movie. And watch, like, that should have been like, yeah. light bulb go off. So, yeah, some, 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 like, why does that kid know who that is? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, that's a child's play. The first one. I've got some budget and box office numbers. Do you guys think it was a success? Absolutely. Without a doubt. 100% <laughs> Yeah, it was like a, the range here it says from nine to $13 million budget, but it made $44 million. Interestingly enough, it was released like around Veterans Day. So like that first, second week of November. And they, they, they like pushed back about putting out, putting it out around Halloween, like a week earlier. Like the really. I don't have the full reasoning for it, but I just saw like maybe too much competition. I yeah. guess, but I was trying to think of what came out around that time. Eighty-eight. I'm guessing that's like out? we got another 1988. I'm sure we have a uh, Friday the Thirteenth. We have a uh, Halloween. They're like in their late stages. That's like Friday the Thirteenth. Manhattan probably takes Manhattan. That's probably Halloween Five. I hope. If you're, are you looking them up? I hope that's right. You, you, I was you, gonna, you have Nightmare on Elm Street out too at this point. I was just going to hope that our box office game that we play would eventually tell us, but they're easier <laughs> that would be great. to find out. Halloween, I hope they do that in October, like Halloween weekends. Yeah. Yes, that would be great. Throughout different years. Yeah, I'm looking up like the, the year itself in, in the top 10. I'm not seeing any like big competition, but that doesn't necessarily mean that there wasn't a lot of Halloween competition yeah i mean that's like you like, said i'm sure there was there had to have been a one of those franchises yeah. halloween friday the 13th or, it's 88 you know yeah yeah interesting yeah it looks like united artists and mgm who made this made the push because they were worried about the budget for some reason like maybe they think they'd make it back but i guess that is pretty big for the time for the for a horror movie 10 10 million yeah yeah. That was just opening weekend, right? Yeah, it it made forty four total. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, back then I think that was commercially successful. Yeah, and oh, definitely. It uh, it was the second highest grossing movie for United Artists after that weekend. Do you know? Unless this is trivia, is this trivia? Do you have the? I don't know. Okay, it the movie that was higher than it. Oh, oh no. by United Artists. Okay. I read that even Roger <laughs> Ebert liked it, so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He's a tough crowd, I've heard. He is. But he also, like, like, oh, sorry, go ahead, Pete. I was going to say, I feel like he did have, like, a soft spot more than other film critics. He liked the movie Anaconda <laughs> with, like, John Voight. That it's, I love it, but it's not a good movie. It's a it's fun, fun watch. Yeah, it's that's fun. a one-star it's movie. A, yeah <laughs> it's a fun watch but he was like it's great it's a great monster movie and i'm like okay all right mr ebert <laughs> <laughs> but the last thing I, I have uh is just rain man was the movie that uh, was was higher than it um it was the highest gross united artist movie and that was the same year 
was it 88 as well mm-hmm. it's a good year good year for united artists but uh yeah that's where it stands and it's 73 percent rotten tomatoes so still favorable still making series still making tv shows it's gonna live on for a long yeah. time it's gonna live on in the body of a doll yeah <laughs> but Lindsay, do you have any trivia for you child's play can I can I intervene for a second? Yeah. So I did find the Halloween weekend of oh. October twenty eighth to thirtieth, nineteen eighty eight. You had Halloween four. Halloween four at yeah. the top of the list. You had the Accused, which I believe was a Jodie Foster movie. Okay. Right? Isn't it? Isn't that right? I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, Pumpkinhead is in the is in there. Oh, Pumpkinhead! We've done Pumpkinhead. Yes, we have. Um, but other than that, you know, there's not. I think they're just afraid of Halloween, which rightfully so because Halloween was very big. And that's also Halloween four is the one where Michael is the return of Michael Myers because Halloween three was the witch. So yeah. So that's a well established. People were gonna come in droves to fucking come back. That's a franchise. Everybody knew it by that point. Child's Play was new. Yeah. And hadn't established itself yet, so that makes That's some a good sense. Point. So, Michael Myers comes back, and then the next weekend we get Chucky. Good time for horror fans. <laughs> well, I was out, I was out for a couple of weeks already, but yeah, like people were still just Uh-oh. like trickling in. Was still saying it, yeah. On that note, I'll take us away with some trivia. So, right. there's a lot, obviously, on a movie like this. So that's fun. Um, so, if you guys didn't know, maybe you already do, um, the original working title for the movie was Batteries Not Included. That is something that you know, was a turning, <laughs> turning point in the movie. Um, so A different movie, also. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a movie called Batteries Not Included, which oh. feels like a... I wonder if uh, they didn't do it because of that. But I short circuit. It's like a short circuit ripoff. Interesting. Gotcha. I didn't know that. Um... So, yeah, that was the original working title um, before it became um, known, I guess, that Steven Spielberg was. Okay, yeah. Uh, that must be the movie that you're talking about, right? Um, oh, batteries Not Included? So, yeah, Sp- Steven yeah, Spielberg. Spielberg produced it for sure. Okay, was it making a film, same title. So then that's what prompted them to change it to Blood Buddy. So, um yeah. Before they finally chose Child's Play, I feel like batteries not included for this movie would be more appropriate for like a tagline. I think it's good that they I shifted. Agree. You know, That's a good I think point. it's it's a good tagline for sure. So. Yeah, and there's what's it called? Like that's literally a scene in the movie too. Yeah. So what was the now I'm gonna look up what the tagline was. <laughs> Something moved in with the Barclays family. And so has terror. Okay, that's batteries not included is way better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So there's that. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, So in the early 1990s, a uh, chain of appliance stores now closed um, was called the Good Guys. Um, And they thought about changing their name because uh, after these movies started coming out, um, they were getting a lot of prank calls um, <laughs> about the movies and people calling and going in and asking them if they sold good guy dolls. <laughs> so I can't imagine they were loving that. Like, imagine, like, you're just, you did nothing wrong and, you know, this is what you get. 
Especially if you like didn't see the movie, you'd be like, "What is happening?" <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and like in the beginning, <laughs> right? Okay, so this is directly taken from IMDb, as is most of my trivia. So, Talkie Tina um, from the television show Twilight Zone was one of the first devil doll characters in movies and television. Um, and Talkie Tina herself was a spoof on the real life doll Chatty Kathy. Um, and the actress who supplied the voice for the chatty Kathy doll, um, June Foray, also was the voice for Talkie Tina. Talkie Tina inspired Chucky from the Child's Play franchise, as well as the Devil Doll from the 1975 horror movie. Uh, oh, no, not a movie. TV classic trilogy of terror with Karen Black and Chucky. So um, that's interesting because I didn't know that Chucky was really inspired from anything. No, I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I, I, I think they probably like took some inspiration from something. But yeah, I had no idea it was like. Yeah, from what was it? Talking Tina? Twilight Zone. Talking Twilight Tina. Zone. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I've seen that episode of the Twilight Zone. I like I remember the ventriloquist episode. Like that's when you were talking about that. That was my first thought because I've actually seen that episode. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I have not seen the Twilight Zone at all. So, oh, so fucking great show! It's awesome. <laughs> it's honestly one of my favorite shows. And I love on New Year's Day. I don't know if the Sci-Fi Network still does I it. No, they used to do it all the time. The marathons. It was oh, great. I loved it in college. Like waking up <laughs> hungover after on New Year's on New Year's Day, and it's being like plop. All right, we're gonna watch some Twilight Zone. It's gonna Amazing. be great. Um, I have an, a bonus. Uh, Nugget here. So we've touched on this already, but the doll's name, Chucky, his full name, Charles Lee Ray, um, it is derived from the names of notorious killers Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray, um, the assassin of Martin Luther King Jr. So, That's yeah, that is dark. But I mean, this movie is definitely that. So, that yeah, that's, that's my trivia. It was so hard for me to, I had to think about saying Charles Ray every time as the, the killer in this movie, because my brain wanted to say James Earl Ray. Ah. So I'm, it's interesting that, you know, it's, it was an inspiration yeah. for the name of the killer, but combination of all Charles Lee Ray is the killer's name. Yes. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Now I'm going to go watch the Twilight Zone <laughs> today. It's on Paramount. It's Start on Paramount Plus. Really? Can't get any easier than that. The challenge. Yes. <laughs> For every one fantastic episode of Twilight Zone, you get five about the military, I feel like. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> There's so many about the military. It's 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 funny. Alright, well that wraps trivia. I think that can lead us to Defend or Destroy. Congratulations on making it all the way. You have one final challenge. The terrible trio will decide whether this movie passes the test. Choose wisely. Defend or destroy. For Child's Play, and I think since my pick, I go first. Um, and I will say I defend Child's Play. I think. There's some flaws in it for sure, and I'm not a, the biggest fan of the 
the voodoo stuff, but you have to get him into a doll somehow. So it's part of the lore now. So I let it let it pass. Um, but I, I I like this movie. I think it's quick. It's fast. I love <laughs> just how temperamental Chucky can be. Um, indiscriminate in, 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 in what he's doing. And I also like in this one more than others. There, there, there is sort of that element prior to when he's with the mom that like, is it Andy? Is it, is it the doll or is Andy making it up? And I know now the original script was like, it was going to be an extension of his id. So like it was kind of, it was kind of written like that. So I like that kind of build up at the beginning. Um, it's a fast, fun ride. And uh, yeah, I'll defend child's play. I would kind of go off of that. So I wish they did a little bit more of like kind of teasing. And I feel like could have made the movie even more interesting, but I still like do really like the Chucky franchise and also defend child's play. And that's just like really my only complaint. It just said, I wish they just kind of made it a little bit longer. I feel like it would have been a more interesting movie. Yeah. I, I read to that, that point that there was a, an additional 30 minutes of the movie. That Dan, that Mancini that Mancini had written when he read the script, and I think it was building that out more because he had it less voodoo, more so the id stuff and like teasing out is it Andy, is it the doll, and that's more of like the reveal at the end. But wow. I think once like the, and they reveal it like in the middle of the movie, I feel like it's a midpoint because then he goes and talks to the voodoo person about yeah. like how do what do I do? Um, it still which moves is also fast. fine. Like yeah. I feel like it, it's like. Having it a midpoint reveal is also nice because it doesn't feel it. It's not as uh, formulaic because a third act reveal is just been obviously done thousands and thousands of times. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's like he's in the doll. <laughs> um, you you get the reveal. He wants to figure out why. There's no like. There's no fluff scenes in this movie. It's <laughs> just moving forward the entire time. Yeah. All right. Well, to round us out. Um, yeah. I think it was a solid first movie that would ultimately lead to the franchise that we know today. Um, I haven't seen all of it yet, of course. Um, I haven't either. It's okay. You know, again, I like the theme where we have a protagonist that sees something supernatural and evil that no one else believes. I would have liked to have been around when it was first coming out and uh, experiencing it in real time. But uh, there's nothing I could do about that being born in 1992. <laughs> all in all, I think it was a decent horror 80s flick. Definitely a classic. Um, you know, uh, Chucky, for better or for worse, he's definitely an icon of horror. Um, fast-paced movie, very 80s um, original, and it's going to be a defend. Also something I wanted to say, sorry. Uh, I'm glad that we all defend it, but I, even though it is, like you said, like kind of, he's kind of like a copy of Freddy, especially the wisecracking, I'm glad that he does feel, he doesn't feel like a copy of no. Freddy. He feels very much his own thing. No, I agree. I, I don't think he is either, especially as the series goes on, like he becomes even more zany, but it's like, he's in that realm where like Michael, Michael and Jason are in their territory as like these slow moving, masked, non-speaking people. And then Chucky, I put with Freddy. Wise, yeah, that's a good, that's wise a good cracking group. guys. Yeah, good pairs for sure. Well, that's a unanimous defend for Child's Play as we it kick is. off this franchise mini season. I'm glad I went with Child's Play. I don't know how Hellraiser would have gone over. 
almost chose Hellraiser for my. I feel like my it could have been the opposite result, but. <laughs> I know what I would have done. <laughs> Me as well. <laughs> I've seen most of those. There's a lot of those movies, but that's exciting. The unanimous defense to start this off. In our show notes, we have all of our social media where we can get at you. You can get at us, and we're going to let you know what we're doing next on the show, as, as well as our a link to our letterbox where it catalogs all the movies we've watched so far. So if you're looking to see what we've watched, but also where to watch this movie, where to watch Child's Play, check out the letterbox link. We have all of our movies in there, where to watch it. And I think that'll, that'll be it for now. Um, we'll be doing another franchise movie next week. But until then, I'm Matt Johnson, and I will remain... Shadows. Uh, I got nothing. But yeah, that, that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lindsay Broches, and this is the end, friend. Heidi Ho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs>